G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. What is heaven like? Think of it as a real place with real people where you do real things. Many think only of clouds and harps and angels' wings. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us a biblical view of heaven. It's a happy place. I think that's hard for some people to understand, but heaven is a happy place. The Bible says in His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Many of us have seen a trailer for a movie, and it looked pretty good. Then after seeing the movie, we thought the trailer was better than the movie itself. It's all about expectations versus reality. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us what to expect about heaven. And it will surpass our wildest dreams. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. A revealing study is coming. All right, well, we're in a brand new series, as you know, that's called Timeless. Today, I want to talk about the afterlife. And the title of my message is, Will I Go to Heaven? I'd like you to turn to John chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 25 to 29. Jesus says, I assure you the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in Himself and He has granted that same life-giving power to His Son and has given Him authority to judge everyone because He is the Son of Man. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they'll rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. We'll stop there. Three big truths pop out of these verses. Number one, there is a final judgment. Number two, there are two destinations beyond the grave. And number three, the destination we enter into depends on our relationship with God. Let's start with point number one. There is a final judgment. In Acts 17, 30, Peter says, in these times of ignorance, God is overlooked, but now he commands men everywhere to repent because he's appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. So the fact that there is a future judgment reminds us that God is fair because life is filled with injustices, isn't it? And God is in control and he keeps very accurate Records. Colossians 3.25 says the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there's no partiality. 
Listen to this. Every wrong in the universe will ultimately be paid for. It will either be paid for by Jesus Christ when he died on the cross and the offender repents and puts their faith in him or it will be paid for by the offender at the final judgment for those who do not put their faith in Jesus for salvation. Point number two, there are two destinations beyond the grave, heaven and hell. So what is heaven like? Short answer, amazing, awesome, better than anything you ever imagined. It's beyond your wildest dreams. It's described as a paradise. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, it was the thief crucified next to him who said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in what? Paradise. Yeah, paradise. But then the Bible describes heaven as a city. It doesn't say it's like a city. It says it is a city. Hebrews 13, 14 says, we're looking for a city that is to come. But in this city that we're gonna go to, there's no crying. No one's gonna mug you on the street. Uh, you don't have to dodge cars. You don't have to look at urban decay. It'll be like a perfect city. So when you go to a city, maybe you love to go to this restaurant or you love this coffee place. One of the first things I do when I go into a city is I Google for good coffee because I'm gonna have a proper cup of coffee. So I'll find the good coffee, maybe talk to someone who's been there before. However, I do know people who if they recommend food or coffee, it's always great. And I know other people who if they recommend it, it's literally the worst I've ever had. <laughs> and it takes a while to figure that out. Because I'll say, where should I eat? Eat here. And I'll go eat there. And I say, that was a horrible meal. What else? We'll go to this other place. And that's horrible too. So I know avoid the places they tell me to go to. But then there's other people, they'll give me a recommendation and it's legit and it's always good. So we're gonna be enjoying ourselves in heaven. Is that so hard to understand? Will we go to concerts in heaven? Well, there's a lot of godly men and women uh, that did concerts on earth that maybe we'll do them in heaven. Maybe you'll be out with some friends and someone says, we're gonna go see Handel's Messiah tonight. In fact, Handel will be there directing it. Uh, we're not gonna go to that, why? We're gonna go see Johnny Cash. Really? Oh yeah, he's doing a concert. The man in black? Well, he's the man in white now, but still. <laughs> he's still good, right? It's gonna be awesome. Think of it as a real place with real people where you do real things. It's a happy place. I think that's hard for some people to understand, but heaven is a happy place place. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible says there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. That's heaven. Quick glimpse of heaven. What's the other destination? That would be hell. Here's what Jesus says. John 5 28. The time is coming when the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son. They'll rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. Those who have continued evil and evil will rise to experience judgment. Now just as there is a distorted view of heaven, there is also a distorted view of hell. Starting with the devil. We think the devil rules from hell. He sits on a throne. He has red skin, pointed ears, a pointed tail. 
a pitchfork, and a goatee. He always has a goatee, right? He has hooves too. Kind of a weird looking guy. Well, there's no biblical basis for any of that. That's a caricature of Satan that is not found in the pages of Scripture. Oh, hell's gonna be a big party. We'll be there and we'll party with all of our friends. No, hell is not gonna be a big party unless you like to have parties in a blast furnace. Hell is a real place. And the Bible speaks of it using different pictures of outer darkness and flames. And, and this is something that is a horrible thing to consider. And it is worth noting that Jesus spoke of hell more than all the other preachers of the Bible put together. And we might say, wow, well, why would he do that? I thought Jesus was loving. Well, yeah, that, he speaks about it because he's loving. He alone has seen it. He knows what hell looks like. And the last thing he wants is any man or any woman created in his image to end up for all eternity in this place called hell. We think heaven is for good people. Hell is for bad people. Wrong. Heaven is for forgiven people. In fact, hell was not created for bad people. Hell was created for the devil and his angels or demons, according to Jesus. And God doesn't want any person to spend eternity separated from him in this place called hell. Just as surely as heaven is a real place for real people, hell too is a real place for real people. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today we're considering the afterlife. Pastor Greg is pointing out how the Bible describes both heaven and hell. Let's continue. In Luke 16, Jesus gives us a behind-the-scenes look at hell. He tells the story of two men who died the same day. One was named Lazarus, and he was a beggar, and he was impoverished, and he was starving to death, and he spent his time outside of the palatial estate of a very wealthy man who flaunted his wealth. And one day they both died, and According to Jesus, Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom. He went into this place of comfort. And the rich man went into a place of fire and judgment. Now understand, the rich man didn't go to hell because he was a rich man. He went there because he had no place for God in this life. He worshiped his possessions instead of the Lord. And there he was suffering and he was conscious now I know the question that comes to our mind immediately is how could a God of love send people to hell? Is that not an inconsistency on the part of God? No, not at all. He, again, as I said earlier, he did not create hell for people. He created it for Satan. Listen to this. If a person ends up in hell, they're getting what they actually wanted. One person put it this way, and I quote, people only get in the afterlife what they most wanted either to have God as Savior and Master or to be their own Saviors and Masters. Hell is simply one's freely chosen path going on forever. C.S. Lewis put it this way, and I quote, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All who are in hell choose it without that self-choice. There could be no hell. So literally, if a person ends up in this place called hell, they have no one to blame but themselves. They have to effectively climb over Jesus to get there. He's done everything he can to get you into heaven. 
He's died on the cross. He suffered and died in your place. He, he's paid the price for the sins we've committed. He literally faced hell on earth so we could be with him in heaven. So it's our choice if we end up there. So that brings us to an interesting thing I read about the most commonly asked questions from people who are in hospice care and know they're going to die soon. They always ask these questions. What's gonna happen to me after I die? Is there really a God? And will I be going to heaven? Let me answer those questions. What's gonna happen to me after I die? Your body will go into the ground. Your soul will enter the afterlife. Heard about a pastor that was doing a funeral service for a man and uh, there was a casket in front of the pulpit and the pastor gestured toward the casket and he says, what we have here is a shell. And then he said, but the nut is gone. He, not the way he meant it to come out, but actually technically right. The shell is there, the body is there, but the nut, if you will, the soul goes on. And God will give us new bodies that will never wear out our age. One of my granddaughters asked me a while ago, Papa, why do we have to die? Why can't we just float up to heaven? I thought that's a good question, isn't it? The answer is because our first parents sinned, Adam and Eve, sin entered the world and it infected the whole planet. But Jesus died on the cross for our sin and rose again from the dead. And we no longer have to be afraid because he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I reminded her of a time when I was walking down the beach with her and some of the other kids and, and I stepped on a bee and I cried like a little girl. It hurt. And, uh, and so I reminded her that when Jesus died on the cross, he effectively took the sting of death away. He absorbed it in our place. The Bible says, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Question number two, ask of people who are in hospice care and are facing death, is there really a God? Well, you're gonna find out. And you need to answer that question now. Heard about a Russian cosmonaut who actually went to space. He was an atheist. And he actually said after he came back, when I went into space, I didn't encounter God. He, if he would have taken his helmet off in space, he would have encountered God, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but you don't wanna wait until the afterlife to find out if there's a God. You can find that out right here, right now. Because obviously he loves you and he has a plan for your life and that is why Jesus came. Now the big question, will I go to heaven? Well, that's up to you. Really? Oh yeah. The invitations in the Bible are clear. God wants you in heaven. Whosoever will, let him come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Invitation after invitation. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Revelation says, and the spirit and the pride say, come, let him that is thirsty, come, 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 the Lord says to us. But we don't have to come. We don't have to go to him. We can say no and then that will determine where we will spend the afterlife. You need to admit you're a sinner and ask Christ to come into your life and he will forgive you of your sin and you can know you will go to heaven. Let me close by asking this. Am I talking to somebody right now 
that is wondering, will I go to heaven when I die? If you don't have the answer to that, if you can't say with certainty, I know I will, don't you think that's the most important issue in all of life? I think so. And I believe you can have that question answered right here, right now. Jesus, who died on that cross, rose again from the dead, stands at the door of your life, and he knocks and says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in, and he can come into your life right now. Why don't you pray this prayer after me? In fact, I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this prayer out loud. And if you want Christ to come into your life, you join us in this prayer. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. But I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sin now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Savior and my Lord, as my God and my friend. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer asking the Lord to forgive our sins. And if you prayed those words sincerely, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. And we want to welcome you into the family of God. And we'd like to help you begin to grow in your new faith with some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Just ask for a new believer's growth packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, join us as Pastor Greg continues his series called Timeless, Unchanging Truths in a Changing Culture. He points to an important ingredient to success in our walk with the Lord. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called, Will I Go to Heaven? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.